The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. Right, okay, so we're going to change it up a bit and I'm going to speak before we go back into, uh, before we go back into uh, really responding, hopefully, to to what the Bible teaches about Jesus and about this whole idea of worship. So here's what we're going to do just to start with. I want you to turn to the person to your right or to your left. And I want you to have a think and a really quick chat for like 20, 30 seconds. If there was one song, if there was one song that got you up on the dance floor at a party, down the discotheque, whatever you might want to call it, if there was one song that you heard the beat of, and you were like, I am on that dance floor and I don't care who holds me back. What would that one song be? Go for it. Have a quick chat. Okay. I'm not I'm not gonna bother asking what some of the answers are, okay? All I will say is that I could see someone doing YMCA acting at the back of it. I won't let you know who that was. Most of us will probably be able to guess. But um So I was doing my floor the other day, I've had to lay I've had to lay a whole new load of flooring. We did have a dog and he destroyed our flooring. And then uh, poor old Eddie, he's, we, he's kind of moved on to pastures new to another home. And um, so we had to, I had to relay a load of flooring. And after about day three of putting this kind of stuff down, my energy levels were flagging. Okay, put your hand up if you've done any kind of DIY or any kind of work and you feel like you're flagging and you just want to leave it and you just want to walk away from it thinking, if that can do itself... That will just be lovely. That will be absolutely brilliant. Okay, I was at that point and at that moment. And then I heard a song. I put a song on. Okay. And um, Alan, or, or anyone at the back, can you stick Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds on for me? Okay. Have a look. quicker to that beat. 
Also, when I had a break that sunny morning, my wife and kids weren't in the room. I put on another song. I'm not the kind of person to dance in public. But when I hear Chaka Khan, ain't nobody, okay, something happens to my legs. Alan, Chaka At night, I've done my work. As a lot of you know, I do triathlon stuff, and I thought I'm going to go in the garage and I'm going to do a bike on my uh, on my treadmill. Not treadmill. That's just weird on my bike turbo thing. And um, uh, yes, I was in Lycra, and uh, yes, I was in the garage. And this song is my song to do training to. In the room thinking, that last one was just a bit weird, Ed Worthy. What, what is that about? You're supposed to be like doing this thing. Have you noticed how music and a beat and a rhythm evokes in you energy, momentum, emotion, something from here comes out that wasn't there before? I saw your toes tapping. Okay. I saw your head going. I saw some arms moving, I saw Doreen standing up and dancing, which is lovely to see. There is something about music that evokes something in us, massively. When I look at the Gospels, in a very similar way, but in a much more deep, profound way, I see the presence of Jesus Christ evoking in people an energy, a momentum, Life from the inside that begins to come out in no other way that anyone else can do. It's like he's got a beat. It's like Jesus has got a rhythm that draws out of us something very unique, very wonderful, and very, very powerful. So when I look at the Gospels, Jesus draws out of people a response to himself when he is present. Blind Bartimaeus, famous story, blind Bartimaeus, can't see, shouting out, Jesus, Jesus, everyone around him tells him, be quiet, be quiet, and he shouts all the more. There was something about Jesus that was drawing out of Bartimaeus, a shout, even when everyone else was telling him, be quiet, 
Zacchaeus, the tax collector, short guy, had to climb a tree to see Jesus. No one was overly liking tax collectors. He made himself visible in a crowd by climbing up a tree. He was probably looking down with everyone looking up at him, sneering. Who's that bloke up there? Look at him. But he climbed a tree to see Jesus. What is it about Jesus that he evokes something in people to do stuff? Spending time with Jesus is incredibly evocative. His presence, his words, his actions, his whole life is like it gives a beat out. It gives out a beat, a strong beat, which changes us and draws something from within us that begins to show itself on the outside. When people truly say, I've seen him, I'm getting to know him. That's when they start to hear that beat. I've seen him. I'm getting to know him. I've seen him. I'm getting to know him. There's something about this bloke. I've seen him. I'm getting to know him. We're going to take a look at Mark 14, verse 3 to 9. Feel free. Is it up? Have we got that on screen? Feel free to turn to it if you want. Mark 14, verse 3 to 9. I am going to be mixing it with John 12, not literally on the decks. You know, I'm I'm not no sort of Dan Glover or Mike Sheldon or Mike Sheldon or anyone like that. And um, I'm not any kind of DJ, but Mark 14, John 12, tell the same story, but each one kind of draws out different things. Here's what he says in Mark 12. While he was in Bethany, reclining at a table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on Jesus' head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, what a waste. Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Next. Leave her alone said Jesus. Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing. The poor you will always have with you and you can help them at any time you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured out perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, What she has done will be told in memory of her. And here we are today talking about it. Because what she did was one of the most beautiful acts of worship that we can all learn something from. We can all learn something from this thing. So there's a meal. There's a meal. Jesus is present with his friends, relaxing, laying back. And a lady breaks a jar of expensive oil. It's a fragrance, about half a litre of oil. She breaks this thing open. She gets told off of it because everyone else in the room is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? That could have been sold and we could have given it to feed people for this or give them a home or, or do whatever. What are you doing? Reminds me of Blind Bartimaeus shouting even more in a crowded room. What are you doing? She's the only one in the room that recognised something. 
She gets told off because the money could have been used for the poor. But Jesus knows this is a moment of overflow from within this woman. Something's been going on. This is a moment of overflow that was pouring out of a human being, this life that had heard this beat of Jesus, that has evoked something in her. She gets told off because the money could have been used for the poor, but Jesus knows this is a moment of overflow from the lady aimed directly at him, showing a huge amount of thanksgiving, a huge amount of devotion, a massive amount of recognition and love. At this moment of her heart, oh, sorry, at this moment of the heart is seen as the first importance of significance with Jesus. This moment. Everyone else is saying, what are you doing? Jesus recognises that this woman is pouring out something and he should not move on at that point. Who is this woman? What has she seen? She's seen Jesus. She's got to know Jesus. Let me tell you who she is. This woman is Mary, the sister of Martha, the sister of Lazarus. Lazarus. This is that Mary, when you look at John 12. There's a lot of history that's happened before this moment in time, believe me. Jesus, Mary, Martha and Lazarus, they knew each other. They'd walked through quite a bit together at this moment in time. This is Mary. Jesus went to her home. Martha was constantly serving, constantly serving. This is the Mary that sat at Jesus' feet to listen. Sitting at the table at this moment is Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Lazarus is the brother of Mary who had died. Jesus wept for his friend Lazarus that had died, however, whatever time period before. Jesus went to the tomb, called Lazarus, come out. Lazarus came out of the tomb. Jesus had risen Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was sitting at the table at this moment when Mary goes up and pours out his perfume. That's like me going to Sunday lunch after this. Five days ago, Sam's died. Okay? A couple of days later, Jesus raises Sam from the dead. And there he is in my living room eating a meal with Jesus, with my sister, and that man, my brother, who I love to bits, who I had to say goodbye to, I thought I'd lost him, is now sitting opposite me. When you put it into context, Mary heard a beat. She heard the heartbeat of the Son of God. She heard a beat that drew some stuff out. She saw some stuff that drew some stuff out of here. At this mill then is Mary, and in front of her is the man who had changed everything for her. She'd learned so much and seen so much. In fact, her raised from the dead brother was sitting at the same table as the person that had raised him from the dead. 
Get your head around that. They're eating together. She sees him. She's getting to know him. Jesus. She's getting to know him. And in a moment, we'll discover that what she has done, okay, what she has done has probably been moving closer and closer and closer to her believing that this man is actually the Messiah, the Son of God. Just him being present, let alone him doing what he had done. Something was going on. Something was changing. And she picked up the heartbeat of the Saviour, the King promised from a long time ago had possibly arrived. Are you getting the picture? Do you get what it must have been like? What would be your response? You're sitting around a table and that happens. She's seen Jesus. She knows Jesus. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. How would you view Jesus? Question. What would you be thinking about him? Okay. What would you do? Mary felt like, what does that say? Do you know what? I think that if Mary was here now, which she's not, okay, I think if she wrote a preach or something, I think it would sound a bit like this. Can we play that clip? It's a clip that we all know. I think Mary would be sounding something like this. Let's play that clip. Do you know the one I mean? The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the delicate. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-framed of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His 
told to clap. <laughs> Imagine that bottled up in the life of a woman that had seen her brother raised from the dead, that had sat at his feet and heard and learned, that had followed him and picked up what it's like, not just to see what he does or what he says, but just for him to be present was enough. Don't underestimate his presence, not just what he does. But being here, being present, it's enough to make you want to overflow and all of this stuff bottled up. But she's not alive now. She was alive then. And what she did, she picked up a bottle which was sealed. And it would have had kind of like a neck on it. And it's really gritty, actually, when you hear what they had to do. They had to grab the neck and break the neck off of a sealed jar. Once it's opened, you can't, you can't reseal it. The sealed jar, the most expensive oil. And she had to break the neck off of this thing to use it. Okay? What was contained was about to come uncontained. And it weren't going back in as she poured out this oil. Her response is an incredible, beautiful mix of selflessness and devotion as a result of revelation and recognition of who Jesus is. Selfless devotion because she had seen him and was getting to know him. She didn't know him fully, and there's not one person in this room that will ever know him fully. Don't think you've made it as a Christian because you haven't. There's more for you to know. There's more for you to see. There's more of his presence to soak up. There's more of him to grab hold of. None of us have made it yet. This thing will go on and on. And that's incredibly exciting. And that means devotion and worship will go on and on. All the time. All the time we remain responsive to his presence. That was off my notes. He captivated, her captivated response was based on who Jesus is, not just on what he had done. I'm convinced of it. She had seen a lot, he had done a lot, but I honestly think the starting point for her was your presence is enough. I love being with you, I love hanging around you, and I do not want to be anywhere else. Please don't go anywhere. I want to be with you. There was something about him. She caught a beat that was drawing something out. Her response is an act of worship recognising. When we understand in a minute, and I'll say a bit more about this jar, her response is an act of worship recognising that she now lives for one, that 
that is bigger than herself. This act of worship is recognising this is bigger than me. I'm kind of not involved in this act of worship, only as the one giving it. There's nothing that I'm asking back at this moment in time. There's one in front of me that I'm going to look at and my life is now devoted to something bigger than myself. She's giving something towards him. She's now living a life where she's removed herself from the heart of her throne, the throne of her heart. And she said, Jesus, come here and I will make, I will get out and you come in. Does that make sense? Do you get what I mean by that? What's that old song that used to be, Jesus, we enthrone you. We proclaim you Lord. This is that moment, pure and simply, an incredible, incredible moment. This jar containing perfume would have been sealed then, okay? Would have been sealed. The act of breaking open the perfume, and I'm going to do it in a minute if my hammer works. The act of breaking off the top, coming to Jesus, pouring it over his head. Pure, pure, fragrant oil was what they used to do to anoint kings. It's what they used to do to anoint kings. You can imagine, can't you? She's going up, okay? I'm going to come to you. I haven't got oil, don't worry. But recognises there's something about this guy. And I'm going to anoint him my king. But he is the king. He's the king of everything. And I have seen him and I know it. Okay? She's recognising him as her king. She's saying, before me is one I am now living for. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. No one else. That's in that bit. In John 12, it talks about, she also does it, okay? Same jar, pours it all over his feet. She goes from kingship to pouring it on his feet. And if you remember the story where Jesus, is, Jesus washes his disciples' feet, then normally in a, in, a, in a big bowl full of water where they used to wash people's feet as a sign of you're welcome, you're, I'm, I'm kind of being hospitable, welcome to my home, they always would have put a bit of nard in it. They always would have put a bit of fragrant oil in it. But she used pure oil to wash his feet as a sign of, not only are you my king, I am yours. I will follow you. I will serve you. And it was a pre preparation for burial as well. That's why Jesus says, do you not know what I'm doing? Do you not, not know that she's doing? She's anointing my body ready for burial. And so she recognised that he was going to die as the Messiah and the saviour of the world. And she was the only one in the room that saw it. Remember that. She was the only one in the room. Everyone else was saying, no, 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 she should have been using this money for this and this and this. But Jesus raised attention and said, no, 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 wait a minute. This woman, there's a moment going on here 
and it's captured her heart and she has seen something. She has seen something. An act of honour toward Jesus, preparation for his burial showed her love and probably the recognition that she understood Jesus was going to die to bring salvation. Something no one else in the room was overly recognising. It was an act of kingship. Kings were anointed on the head and Mary was recognising this. Jesus was her king. And it was an act of service. Guests had their feet washed with water with a little fragrance. She washed the whole lot with all of the fragrance. This is extravagant, life-giving, I give you my life kind of moment, worship. She'd picked up a beat. It had drawn something out of her. And she was never the same again. And in that moment, it overflowed. It overflowed. And the significance is huge. So what are the perspectives that we discover? Here's what I think that we can learn. I don't know if I've got these up there. Probably not. Here's what I think we can learn. Worship's a life bigger than ourselves. It's about him. It's about Jesus. When we come and gather on a Sunday, corporate, lifting up Jesus with one voice, it's about him. It's about him. Something to consider in our songs. Something to consider as we come and approach him in worship. I've come and approached him. I don't know if there's anything right or wrong in this, but there are times where I come and ask Jesus to come in worship, to come and do something for me. I need to come away from that because this is a moment for him. This is him. I will leave me at that door. My, come and do something for me. This is about one man. Okay? It's not, I have to because I've been told to worship. It's, I have to because I've seen him and I know him and I really want to. When you realise the culture what was going on at that moment for this lady, you realise this is really gritty, edgy worship where we have to leave some stuff of ourselves somewhere else and we come and we focus on one person. Her first expression wasn't, Jesus, I'm going to give up my perfume. Her first expression was, Jesus, I give to you. Sometimes there's a difference between giving up and giving to. Sometimes the giving up does come into it. But I think the first thing on her mind was, I give to. I give to. I give to. I might have to give up a bit, but I, I give to. And none of this was for her, her gain, but it was all for the glory of one person in that room. Jesus. Extravagant worship is about one person, and it's not us. It's about him. It's about giving to and giving up. But it's about giving to because there's an overflow and we want to. So imagine for a minute, how long have I gone on for? 
Okay, two more minutes. Imagine this for a minute. That's a jar, and if this works, I'll be amazed. That's the jar, okay? Imagine it properly sealed. And contained is all of this lady's life and all of the worship that she had seen as a result of being with Jesus, okay? I don't think it was a nice little gentle breaking off. I think it was like this. God, I hope this helps. I hope it works. over his head, over his feet, but it's gritty. That's not a nice polished trophy on the shelf. That's a broken, I am after you because I picked something up and there's a beat I have heard that's got me going with some momentum and some energy and some life and I love you and I'm going to follow you and you have captured my heart and I'm not going to let it just be this nice little polished silver service bit of worship, I'm going to break something. This is going to get messy. But I tell you what, this gritty life that I'm now living to follow you, I won't look any other way because you have captured my heart and there is no one else in the room that can tell me to be quiet, but I will shout louder. They will tell me to get down from the tree but I will get up there and I will see him. And you can tell me I should be spending doing this and doing that, but whatever, but there is one person in my gaze that will come before anything else. And his name is Jesus. Firstly, because of who he is. Secondly, because of what he's done. And the whole mixture, there's one name. There is one person that I'm going for and he's my king. And I've seen him a man alive, am I getting to know him? Do you want to stand? Should the band want to come up? Just chuck it in there, mate, if you want. everyone else so here's what we're going to do I'm going to Bex Hill <laughs> I'm going somewhere else the band are up and you've got half an hour to respond okay there's one name that this church King's Church Hastings is about we're not here for ourselves and our own structures, and our own projects. You don't exist for this. You exist for the person who is head of the church, the king, and his name is Jesus. 
one person called you to himself, Jesus. One person saved you from hell itself. That's Jesus. And the heart behind it all was for you to become in relationship with the creator of heaven and earth because he first loved you and he sent Jesus to make that happen. And when he is present and you pick up his heartbeat, there's an overflow of thankfulness, of worship, of praise. But there's an overflow of telling other people. There's an overflow of listening and doing. There's an overflow of all sorts of stuff that isn't this. But it's seven days a week when you hear his voice and you follow and you say, I've seen him and I'm getting to know him. And during the worship, just as we start, and if you want to come and get a bit broken pot, okay, when I run, I've got a little stone that my daughter gave me. And I know we don't believe in luck, but that's my good luck. I run with that because of who gave it to me, okay? It's just something I do. If you're here and you're like, right, after lockdown, after everything else, I need him to be my king again because I've become a bit self-reliant. Or I need him to be my king again because my gaze has been distracted by other stuff. If Jesus was in the room now, would you be the one like Mary or would you be the one pointing the finger at Mary and saying, no, you should be paying and doing other stuff? I want to be Mary in the room recognising. So I'm going to pray. And maybe if you're kind of like... I am going for him again. If you want to, get involved in the worship, sing, respond. If you want to come down and grab a bit of pot as a reminder of that moment when you were like, I'm going for him again, feel free, that's down there, all right? You might not want to be awkward, it's all right. I'm going to pray and we're going to get on because I'm supposed to be in Bexhill. Jesus, I thank you that you said... When you were gone, you would send another, the comforter, the counsellor, the Holy Spirit, the one that reveals who you are, Jesus, the one that brings the manifest presence of you in a room. Jesus, I ask it, you'll pour out your spirit, that we would know you more. And in this moment, I pray that you would come and be present I pray that we would see you, that you would shift our heart, that you would get the beat of our life going in sync with yours, that you would energise us, that you would give us momentum, that you'll bring life and life to the full. I pray that you would come and do some stuff, but just be present. We love you. We want our lives to reflect that. and We want to follow you and we make you Lord of King's Church Hastings again, as you are anyway, but we say it, you are Lord of this place and you are Lord of our lives. Maybe just where you are, begin to reflect that in prayer. I'm going to hand over to these guys. You're going to be led in worship for another half hour and just respond to the one that calls you.